Welcome back to our continuing conversation with Dr. Randy Bartlett of the City of Bridges High School, where we continue to explore his concept of providing an overall holistic education. Experiences that are that are different from your own. I, I mean, my own educational experience uh, was nothing like City of Bridges. I, and I got a fine education in high school and... Uh, went on to college and so on and so forth. Um, but I also recognize that my high school experience could have been different. Um, but that, but that's a challenge for people. We, we tend to frame for our children or for children that aren't ours, um, our idea of their experience, experience based upon the framework of our own. Uh, and I recognize that it is a challenge to see something different. Well, I believe that they're attracted in what you have. You've built up a atmosphere there based on your core values. Uh, one of them is mindfulness, and I particularly like your uh, description of wakefulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it and it, it and they're they're sort of two sides of the same coin, I guess. In that, um, if you are mindful of your of yourself and your own thoughts and your own feelings and your own emotions, um, you are more able then to be awake to the world and to what it presents and awake to community as well. Um, that we need to be, you know, able to be with ourselves in order to be able to be with others and community. We often describe uh, mindfulness as paying attention on purpose. Mm -hmm. And I often tell the story of the Buddha was asked about what he was, whether he was a saint, whether he was a god, a demon, a devil, a ghost, whatever. He replied one word. He says, I'm awake. Mm -hmm. Uh, The rappers, the folks today say woke. I said, well, the Buddha 2,500 years ago was talking about being awake. Uh, Same, same context, different, different buzzwords. Yeah. No. And I think if we could all be a little more awake, um, it would have so many positive benefits for society in general. And again, that comes back to that sort of long-term mission that, yes, City of Bridges is transforming uh, education, it's transforming uh, the lives of these students, but it, but it also hopefully will we'll be able to, to have a positive transformational impact on society in general, that if people are more awake, if they are more uh, mindful, if they are more invested and instilled with their own sense of agency and voice and, and trust in the like inherent goodness of others and of uh, both human and non-human, um, we can only have a, a better and more just future if the, if, if, that is what we come out with. Well, and that's when I started Namaste Holistic Counseling. I took the conception of Namaste as the divine in me recognizes and honors the divine in you, mm-hmm. seeing the inherent goodness of everyone. And I'm a I'm a Quaker, and in the Quaker world, we attempt to see that of God in everyone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, it was so my uh, my own educational journey. Um, high school, I. Uh, in high school, I did a lot uh, with biology and so on and so forth. And I, I went to Oberlin and I was going to, oh. 
be a biology major and so on and so forth. And then my first year of college, I had a, a gap in my um, schedule. And this was, you know, back in the good old days when you had a big course book that you flipped through. Uh, and in the religion department, there was a, a class on Christian utopias and communitarian movements. Uh, and I said, oh, that sounds interesting. Why not? Um, and signed up for that. And I mean, it was uh, fascinating and uh, really changed the direction of my life. And I ended up being a religion and history major. Um, but it was in that program that I first read I and Thou uh, by Martin Buber. Yeah. Um, and that sort of conception of uh, an I-it versus an I-thou relationship is at, at the core of a lot of what we do at City of Bridges. That if I can be in relation with you in uh, sort of eternal respect for your inherent worth as a being, then the choices that I make have to be choices that that enhance your uh, your experience and your life and serve to um, treat you with kindness and goodness. Um, and if, if you apply that lens to organizational institutional choices, it, it really shapes what it is that, that comes out the other end as well. Well, you're talking about being influenced by the mantra, the Sanskrit mantra of I'm so hum, I am that. We're all made up of the same type of energy. We're all and when they meditate and say i am that that's they're connected with everything which is why the buddha forbid intentional killing and the it's follows that along we're part of everything right yeah yeah and if you really take that sort of um perspective to heart and use it as a not use it that it just is the frame with which you make decisions and you make choices, um, it's inevitable that you end up with a, a community and a learning experience that is that has to honor that voice and agency that we've been talking about. And another core of values is knowledge. Could you tell me what uh, knowledge plays? Naturally, uh, people are probably listening to this and says, does anybody actually learn anything at that school? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, knowledge is, is, is key because um, ultimately, you know, you, you need knowledge, skills, and understanding in order to, to do things. Um, and to be able to um, know what is in the world, to be able to understand how it, uh, whatever it is, interacts and is part of the bigger picture, and then to have the skills to take those that knowledge and that understanding and actually apply it to practice... Um, is foundational to everything that we do. And a, a lot of, you know, what our students are doing um, is learning a lot. I mean, they uh, are steeped in um, literature and science and math and history, and they're steeped in it and they're engaged in it because it has meaning and it has purpose. Uh, and so, so much of what often happens when we talk about knowledge in schools is there's a whole bunch of information that the student uh, is expected to to take in uh, a whole bunch of uh, sort of rote um, tasks that they're expected to be able to know how to do. And then there is some sort of uh, 
assessment or test or uh, summative experience in which they are expected to regurgitate all of that back out. And, and then it doesn't matter if it exists beyond that. Correct. Um, but instead, if you create frameworks of uh, meaningful knowledge, understanding, and skills, then you're able to put that in a place in your mind that it holds on to and that you can continually access it and, and recontextualize it depending on whatever comes your way. So another one of your core values is experience is when we take that knowledge and put it into action forming experience. So when I, I deal with a lot of interns, I call them colleagues in training. I don't like the term intern actually. Mm -hmm. Uh, then they asked me, why did I have to take all these courses? I said, well, number one, to pass the national counselor's examination. Uh, now we get to put, now when we're together, we put that knowledge and we put it into action and then you'll have experience. Right. And that's, and I think that's absolutely true for us as well. I like that colleagues in training. Yes. Yeah, I might, I might have to borrow that. It's good. I've take. I haven't <laughs> had an original thought in years, Randy. I've taken everything. <laughs> I'm not sure that I have either. It's all right. We're all part of a, a larger learning construction. Um, but so I, I think that's exactly it, that, that a school or a learning organization provides that foundational knowledge, provides the, you know, the experiences with literature, how to read well, how to write well, how to engage with history, how to understand science of the world, um, the world in which we live. And all too often it ends there, um, where you have uh, knowledge, you have facts, you have information that is floating sort of aimlessly unconnected to any experience and therefore uh, unconnected to purpose and meaning. And so if you can take that next step of saying, here's the foundational um, framing that we're providing for you, it, you know, in the, in the academic spheres, you know, we have math, we have English, we have social studies, history, we have science, um, art, foreign language, uh, that if you have that foundational framing and then you connect it through experience to meaning and purpose, and then the final step is that you reflect on what you have done, right? So that you take this foundational framing, you give it purpose and meaning through experience, and then you reflect on that experience and say, what, what did I just do? And what did I use to do what I just did? Then that informs um, how you have your next foundational framing. Because you, you are able to say, what worked? What didn't work? What did I know that I needed to know? What did I not need to know? And what do I still need to know and understand in order to, to do this again? Because it we all hopefully live our lives in cycles of learning. The, the path is not linear. It's cyclical. Quite often when I'm dealing with people, I know that most places deal with what's called a negative chain analysis. When something goes wrong, they go back through all that process to find out what went wrong. Well, actually, I'm more interested in when it goes right. Uh, to go back through that process and find the people, places, things, circumstances, event that were in play that made the positive outcome and add to and reinforce those. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think that again it is so important in that in that identity in that agency that we were discussing a little bit um, because if you if if you understand yourself to be a person who can identify the patterns and the um, 
experiences and the the sort of ways of self that lead to success, then you can replicate those patterns and experiences and cycles um, over and over again. Uh, and and that's that's how you are able to construct paths in your life at any point in time, in theory and in practice. At any age, you should be able to chart a new path for yourself. But you have to believe in your own ability to um, understand the way that your mind works and the way that you work as a human being and and then actualize that. We consider everybody a blooming flower, which one of the things we talked about, the Lotus Mandela. Mm -hmm. So when somebody tells me I'm staying sober, I'm interested, I said, well, tell me how that's happening. Mm -hmm. And the, the complete involvement, I, on this show, we often talk about uh, Alice in Wonderland and Alice asked the white rabbit one day, she said, I'm not the same person I was this morning. And he looked at her and says, well, I certainly hope not. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and I certainly hope I'm not the same person, but I really hope that for our students, that that is their experience of, of growth and um, sort of the generative process of, of becoming who you are. I was actually writing something recently about this sort of strange and artificial uh, childhood to adult point in time that comes. So like the day of your 18th birthday, <laughs> you are suddenly no longer a child. You are now an adult in the eyes of the law. Yes. You're an adult, you know, in the eyes of uh, our sort of democratic process, you're an adult. Um, but I know plenty of 13-year-olds who have a an incredible grasp of uh, the political systems and policy and so on and so forth. Uh, and I know plenty of, you know, 45-year-olds who don't. And it's <laughs> a, um, it is an ongoing cycle of, of growth and development. Um, and those sort of demarcations are, are largely artificial. And if we can free ourselves from artificial demarcations of success and failure and instead recognize it as a, as an ongoing process of growth and development, um, we can live more, uh, fulfilling and, you know, somewhat less turbulent lives. We're still human beings. <laughs> so you also, one of your core values is justice. And unfortunately, some people view justice as I need to get what's mine. Mm -hmm. What's your exploration, your concept, your grasp of justice as it translates into the city of Bridges? Yeah. So justice is, is a really important and a really, um, sort of interesting concept for us as an organization. And, you know, many of our students um, come to us already with a, a deep well of, uh, of justice and a, a sort of striving for um, not how do I get what's mine, but how do I help other people get what they have struggled to get because of, uh, you know, larger... Um, oppressions or lack of opportunity or um, circumstance that's that's beyond their control um, because if we are going to um, really truly lead lives in which we can say yes I, I am able to be the person I am and I'm able to live um, a life 
that makes me feel fulfilled, that has to be true for everyone. Um, and that's certainly present in our curriculum. It's certainly present in the, the things that we talk about, the things that we read, the things that we explore and experience. Um, but it's also present in the choices that we make as a, as a community, how we deal with disagreements because we are still human beings and we do have disagreements. Um, and that notion of justice, not as how do I get what's mine, but how do I help others, um, feel and be present and, um, acknowledged in the world, uh, I think is really, really fundamental to what we, to what we do. We're having a great conversation and I would suggest that you tune in to our next episode, our next podcast of Fishing Without Bait, where we continue our conversation with Dr. Randy of the City of Bridges High School. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website, we have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.